Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. For a free record on my count, seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Mississippi Radio Network. Bob and Kelly, we're in the Southern Bank Corp Studios here in beautiful Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson over in Laurel at the Southern Bank Corp Studio. Patrick McGee about to join us uh, from New Orleans. Uh, we've also got uh, some soccer news as uh, the Lady Eagles get ready to take on Mississippi State. Uh, later this evening here in Hattiesburg, we've got uh, the assistant coach and one of the star players uh, coming up on the show. And then I hope he makes it back in time. We've got an actual Englander by the name of James Wynn, who is an executive uh, with TeleSouth, who is a is a soccer, or as he says, Kelly, football fan. And I think we'll have a lot of fun if we can get him back in time. Okay. There's football, and then there's American football. Yes, but he does not like the word soccer. I have uh, I have learned that. Well, and, and maybe you know, with with the with the news that Queen Elizabeth has passed, maybe correct. We'll you talk, know. ask him about that, yeah. which is is sad. Dickie's Barbecue Pit sponsors the opening segment of the Eagle Hour. It is a great place to take your family for dinner tonight. A great place to cater your next tailgate. Patrick McGee is with us from NOLA.com, and uh, we're on the verge here of a new NFL season, so I know that uh, in New Orleans that means uh, people are wearing the Saints gear, Patrick, and, and ready to see their beloved team on the field. Yeah, this this offseason has felt kind of longer than most, I would say. I mean, you have a new head coach, and, and everybody's kind of sitting around pondering, thinking about the past and, and worrying about the future, but uh, right now I think a lot of Saints fans feel good about, you know, what this team has so uh i think you know i haven't seen the intensity that you would expect on a game week but i think that all changes on sunday i think everybody is anxious to see how these guys play on the road is there some nervousness about uh, the first time they take the field without their longtime coach you think no i don't think i don't think so i I think there's the expectation of continuity and and that uh, there's a certain level of stability uh, they kind of like the the one time that Allen served as a head coach last season, where they shut out the Buccaneers. <laughs> so yeah, if they could right. get you know uh, put put a little bit of that on the field this season, and and that defense even take it up another notch, uh, I think people are going to be uh, plenty pleased with Dennis Allen. I think there's wide acceptance that he was the right choice. I tell you what, I'm nervous about. I get the guys in here would be a Super Bowl with New Orleans. And uh, the Bengals. I don't really know how I would be able to cope with these two every day. Well, we're going to get a preview midway through the season because Cincinnati plays at New Orleans this year. So what do you say, Luke? Twenty-eight to nothing, New Orleans. Well, over, I don't know over why the you, Bengals. 
you're a Saints fan. I'm now, on the bandwagon. So I, so I don't know yeah. why you're you would be concerned about that. Yeah, I mean, you would I'm be on, on the bandwagon. Side. I am on your side. No question about it, Patrick. No um, you know, going in this game it, because overall, you know, records determine playoffs. You are playing your arch rival, and you know, in the same division. I guess in the NFL, it doesn't have the same. You know, um, every game matters the same. I guess what I'm saying in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a divisional game to start things off, and it's really, you know, if you look at it, it it's. I mean, you hate to use this as as a as, as a term to describe the first game of the season, but really, it's these two Falcons games really are must win games for the Saints because uh, if you suffer, you know, at least one setback against the Falcons, uh, that kind of complicates things in division and in terms of getting playoff. Because I mean, the Falcons games really should be two W's. Uh, uh, for the Saints this season. Now, it remains to be seen what the Falcons look like. They have some talent on offense with a, a Kyle Pitts and guys like that, but uh, nobody's really expecting much out of them. But uh, this is a game on the road in Atlanta, and uh, you should be you know, ready to roll. The Saints are fairly healthy, all things considered. It's a game the Saints should win. Tell me the position you are most confident in. It can be on either side of the ball, and the position you're most worried about. It could be either side of the ball. I think I think most confident is just the, the, where they stand on defensive end. I guess there's the health concern with Davenport, but you have Jordan uh, Turner, really a, a solid group there. So I, I think, and I mean, in the, you know, I say that now I'm going to say number two. I mean, the secondary has created some questions there because you trade away uh, CJ, and then you, you know you, you see Marcus May's ordeal. But I think you're, you're pretty confident with what you get out of your defensive end. Uh, as far as what was most concerned about, I think it's the tight end. Uh, on offense. Now, I think there's reason to be optimistic, um, but you don't have great depth. You have a Taysom Hill is still adjusting to that position. Uh, Adam Troutman has uh, showed he can, you know, potentially step up this season and have a much better year. So uh, I think tight end is the one area of concern on offense. And then I would say, you know, on the, on the other side, defensive end is probably the strongest spot. Patrick, is is Michael Thomas ever going to be completely healthy? I mean, this this guy has been yeah. rehabbing forever, it seems. Yeah, he's, he had a, a, a slight hamstring injury in preseason preparations, and it's not a sure thing that he's going on Sunday, but uh, he's saying this week that the goal is to play on Sunday. He was back at practice yesterday, uh, and, and maybe they're trying to be cautious with him, make sure he didn't push it too hard. I don't know, but uh, I would say it's very iffy on whether he plays on Sunday, but I guess it's probably better than fifty percent since he was back on the field yesterday. And if you had to if you had to put a report card grade out on Olave, the rookie receiver out of Ohio State, what what would what grade would you give him in preseason and where do you look him to how much do you think they'll implement him early in the season? Uh, you know, in terms of the preseason games it's hard to say because you had, you know, Ian Park out there most of the time, so he wasn't able to get rolling but I give him a B plus, just everything I've seen. I think everybody's really a B about what he has to offer, and it'll be interesting to see what he looks like with Jameis Winston throwing the passes. Uh, so I, you know, he's everybody really thinks he's going to hit the the road rolling, and and Olave just looks like kind of a he's a pro from the start. You know, there's there, he's pretty polished coming in, and uh, he's a guy that could easily catch 70, 80 passes a season. Well, you you talk about getting the ball rolling quickly. The National Football League. Kicks off tonight with what very well could be a Super Bowl preview. The Buffalo Bills against the St. Louis Rams. Or no, they're the L.A. Rams now. Los Angeles Rams this year. Yes, this year. (laughs) That's a great way to kick it off, Patrick. That's uh, that's two big heavyweights. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what the Rams look like in a test like that. They're not quite the team uh, they were a year ago, but everybody kind of looks at them as the team. They really kind of loaded up and, and put everything they could in to win the Super Bowl, and it paid off for them last year. Uh, I think the Rams deserve to be the NFC favorite, but I really see the NFC as a whole. I've said on here before, I just think there's tremendous parity across the board. I yeah. think there's 10 teams that could really contend and have that potential to contend. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to watch the Rams and see what they do against a very good Bills team. All right, a couple minutes left, Patrick. Uh, let's switch gears real quickly to Southern Miss football. They lose in quadruple mm-hmm. overtime. Hard to believe. That was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Against Liberty, uh, from your viewpoint, uh, a loss is a loss, but improvement, yes? Yeah, I, I think defensively I, I was able to watch the second half of that game. As soon as I turned, turned, uh, tuned in, the first thing I saw was Frank Gore running down the sideline. And I was like, well, I guess they went to the Superback pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it, there was reason to be concerned, uh, reason to be, <laughs> there's reason to be concerned and reason to be encouraged. You know, uh, they've just got to get that quarterback position figured out how they can get consistent production out of that. It, it was understandable why Hall went to super back there in the second half to really kind of give that team a shot to win that one. Uh, it looks like Wilkie's going to the field a lot this season and everything you kind of hear Hall say about him. He sees him as the most talented quarterback they have. And uh, just watch his film out of the high school. I was pretty impressed. So uh, it's a tough position to put him in. Uh, but I guess we're going to see some uh, some Wilkie and, and Superback. You know, well, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Largely, uh, fair to say, guys, a money game this weekend. It sure. is. It is. Pat- Patrick, let me ask you. I think Bob or, or Kelly asked me this yesterday. You know, what happens if, if Tyke's out a couple weeks? How, how good does Wilkie have to be? To you know, possibly unseat your named starter. Well, I mean, if you kind of based it on what we've seen out of Ty Key so far last year and this season, and obviously Key deserves another shot, get back out there and prove himself if he's healthy again. Uh, but I, you know, if Wilkie goes out there and you know is, is completing six, you know, sixty percent of his passes, avoiding big turnovers, I don't see how you don't ride with him. You know, he, right. he's, he's talented, he's a good athlete, he's got a good arm. I think he has a lot to offer. So I, I can see Wilkie, if he has a good week or two, I can see him easily become the star quarterback. You know, but the thing, the question I have about Ty Keys at this point is his durability. I mean, this is the... You have to. Yeah, this is the second time that he's been injured in his career. And I remember when Aaron Rodgers, in his college days at Cal Berkeley, everybody said there's no way he'll be a good NFL quarterback because he's always hurt in college. And he was. You know, so I'm hoping that that's not going to be the legacy that Ty Keyes leaves behind is a really good quarterback, but right. could never stay healthy. Right. All right, Patrick, I, I know you guys will have fun down uh, in the Big Easy this weekend. Uh, we appreciate all that you do for our radio show, and uh, we'll look forward to having you back on the show next week. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good week. Patrick McGee, NOLA.com, him in blue, waiting for the Saints to kick it off. Yeah, the Saints, man, the dirty birds of Atlanta. I don't care how lopsided it's supposed to be. We hate Atlanta. We know it's going to be nasty. (laughs) Oh, for sure. You know it is. Love it. We'll be back.
are tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Always appreciate Patrick McGee and his insight. Uh, formerly our Southern Miss go-to guy, now our New Orleans Saints guy. As uh, he works for NOLA.com and covers the Saints for a living. So it's always a great insight when we talk to uh, Patrick McGee down in New Orleans. Campus Bookmark sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. They do it every day, and they continue to have the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere. You can shop them six days a week on Hardy Street. You can also shop them online at campusbookmart.net. Also, want to remind everybody that the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast is available every day of the week, 24 hours a day, on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. All right, guys, big doings uh, this afternoon uh, in uh, Hattiesburg as Mississippi State's soccer team is in town to uh, take on the Lady Eagles. Kelly, uh, we're going to let you set this up. We've got some sound here from uh, the assistant coach and and one of the players. Tell us about this, and then we'll get it rolling. Yeah, Mississippi State comes in here undefeated with a 5-0 record, and uh, and when you talk to some of the soccer coaches around the country, they say that Mississippi State has one of the finest women's teams this year. Uh, that's going, and the fact that they've they've come to Hattiesburg, and the war, the uh, Lady Eagles have played mostly you know on the road and mostly SEC West teams, so they haven't won a lot of games, but they're trying to find themselves just prior to them opening the Sun Belt season, where they will go to Marshall next weekend. So a little little bit earlier this morning, I had a chance to talk to assistant coach J.P. Valadares and Esmo Figueroa, Esmo short for Esmeralda, but she's a, a fifth year. Uh, senior for the uh, Golden Eagle soccer team. This is a big one at 4 o'clock today, so if you get a chance, get out there and cheer on the Eagles as they play Mississippi State. But here's kind of how the conversation went this morning with the two of them. Talking Southern Miss soccer, Ez Figueroa, also known as Esmeralda Figueroa, grad student playing for Southern Miss today, goes up against her former team at Mississippi State. She did her undergraduate at Mississippi State, now a grad student at Southern. So Ez, going into this one, uh, playing the, the Bulldogs, tell me about uh, what you're thinking as you head into this one. I'm very excited, and I'm ready to see what our team can do, what we've been working on, and see how we can show up today and execute what we've been working on. What's the morale of the team so far? You guys have the, have the fifth toughest schedule in the country. Um, so obviously, you know, that, that's you've been playing some really good teams. Yes, sir. Um, we just really tried to learn from from these teams so we can go stronger into our conference play instead of, you know, playing teams that we know that we can beat. We, we want to be challenged, and so we like playing bigger teams. And so. And you'll open against Marshall next week in, in conference play. What do you see right now as the strengths of our Southern Miss women's soccer team and maybe some of the things that, that concern you a little bit as a, as a fifth-year senior leader of this team? I feel like most of our strengths um, come from when we go to practice, we try to, as a team, we try to execute things in the best way that we can. And so I feel like that helps us from each game to the next game because things that we need to work on from the past game, we learn and then we execute that in the next game. And then the next game, we're obviously going to have things that we need to work on and we execute that in the next game. But sometimes the weakness could be that sometimes we don't really execute in one spot, but at least we continue to grow and we get better in the other parts that we there, There's probably nobody that knows this Mississippi State team better than you. So what are the what are the Bulldogs going to bring to the table this afternoon at 4 o'clock? I mean, they're an undefeated team, you know, so they're just like any other SEC team, very athletic, and they're going to bring 
what they usually bring, confidence, and as a family, they play as a team, and so as we do, so it's going to be a really fun game to come watch. J.P. Valadez is here. He's an assistant coach for the Southern Miss women's soccer team. J.P., the, the, the pluses of playing a really tough schedule as you have is that iron sharpens iron. The downside is you might not win as many games as you hope, which, which could affect confidence. Let's talk about that a little bit and uh, take it from there. Yeah, uh, first of all, thank you for having us here. We appreciate that, appreciate the support. And uh, we picked this schedule for mainly three reasons. I think we believe and we believe and belong with the big schools when it comes to soccer. And uh, we are growing, as Desmo said, every game we go through and every SEC team is great. We're not winning, but um, we're learning and winning hides a lot of things. Uh, it's, it's good to be exposed right now and learn to be ready when conference time comes. Now, obviously you had the Conference USA schedule last week, last year. How would you describe, or do we know at this point, how, uh, and of course, Marshall comes from the from Conference USA, so you know a little bit about them. What else do we know about the Sutton Belt overall in women's soccer, uh, quality-wise? Uh, Sutton Belt uh, has, a, have, has a powerhouse that is South Alabama. Old Dominion is joining us as well. JMU. It's a very good conference as far as soccer, very um, tactical compared to the Conference USA where you had some more athletic teams that were more direct and that's a very interesting thing for us to deal with. The fact that you had such success last year, how has that helped recruiting players to come to Southern Miss? Not only recruiting, you can see too that we had LSU coming and playing us here, Mississippi State is coming and playing us here and then a lot of SEC teams won us in their schedule. That is, that is uh, fruit of what we did last year, you know, uh, and we're looking to keep that going. And recruiting-wise, we had a really good recruiting class this year, players in the World Cup, uh, players like Asmo that have SEC experience. It's amazing for us now. All right, so we got Mississippi State coming in here as undefeated. I know Rice has come here before, you know, and, and been knocked off when they were undefeated. Uh, no reason why the Lady Eagles – do we call them the Lady Eagles or is it just Eagles? I think it can be either. Lady Eagles, Golden Eagles. Okay, okay. How about Golden Eagles? That'll work. Um, there's no reason why you guys can't win this game this afternoon, but what, if, to soccer fans and the students that might be listening to the Eagle Hour today, what do you, what do you want to tell them as you guys take on state today at 4? I feel like our team really doesn't look at if it's ACC, SEC, or Conference USA or Sun Belt. We're just going to play the team and play our style and play the best that we can play. You know, we walk on that field and every player is a soccer player and you're all the same. The same. So we're just going to put on, put on what we know how to do. J.P. Valadares, it would mean a lot, though, to have have the ladies go out today and play in front of a, a big crowd on a nice day where the humidity is low. Should be fun today. It, yes, it will be fun. Uh, we had a good turn up against LSU, and we expect nothing less today. We know what would the Southern Miss Eagles, the Golden Eagles fans can do, and we're looking forward to it. Health-wise, how are you guys now as you get ready for conference play? Yeah, we're getting healthy. Uh, we're working on getting fully healthy for Marshall, and we're looking good today. All right, Esmo, so the, the, the goal is eventually med school for you. Uh, so by putting a whooping on Mississippi State today, is that that's kind of medically related, right? If you, you know, would they need some help after today? <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> and what brought you to Southern Miss from Mississippi State? Well, I'm from Petal, Mississippi, and I've always known Southern, and so it was just a real good fit for me and for my family at the time and I'm very excited to be a Golden Eagle. Well, we wish you nothing but the best and especially today, 4 o'clock against Mississippi State. I appreciate it. To the top. JP, thanks for your time. Good luck, buddy. Thank you very much, Kelly. I appreciate it.
Uh, good job, Kelly. Another well-spoken kid playing athletics here at Southern Miss. Really proud of these young people. Yeah, and there and there's there's a young lady with SEC experience. And as JP said, because the team was so successful last year, Esmo's going. I got another year of eligibility. Heck, that's a really good Southern Miss team. Why not go home? You right. know, it's closer right. to family and get to play for a quality program. Right now, look, we're hoping James Wynn makes it back. He's on a business of. Uh, meeting for the company but we've invited him to come on the show if he gets back in time and james is a crystal city fan he's from england and uh, he tells me it's not soccer it's football well yeah i mean they kind of have like a 200 300 year um what head start on that term so yeah uh I'm, i'm sorry he's crystal city i'm just a manchester united guy we're terrible right now but you know I was looking through these schedules, and uh, last time Southern Miss and Mississippi State played uh, was 2018. Last time they played in Hattiesburg was 2016. But I was looking at the Lady Bulldog schedule. Guess who they have not beaten this year? South Al. There you go. They tied South <laughs> Alabama 0-0. Zero to zero. So count on the Jaguars uh, to, to do that. The uh, Lady Bulldogs coming off this past Sunday, a 2-1 to one Victory or Louisiana Tech. Of course, Lady Eagles dropped a three to one against LSU at home. But uh, yeah, it should be should be fun, and we should mention guys. Sun Belt paying dividends. This game this afternoon is on ESPN Plus. So if you can't make it to Hattiesburg and cheer on the Lady Eagles because of the leadership of Keith Gill and the Sun Belt, you can watch the Lady Eagles on ESPN Plus today. For those that may not know, where do they play the matches, Luke? Oh, okay, so. When uh, when you get off at Highway 49, think about where Osceola McCarty is, 4th Street. You get off there, and you go east. And uh, literally, what is it, 500, 600 yards on the other side, on the east side of Highway 49 on 4th Street, you'll see the track and field and soccer complex to your left, and that's where the Lady Eagles play soccer. Yeah, so you're going to pass our buddies at 4th Street Bar and Grill, and right. there's a stop sign right there. there. Just keep going straight, and then you'll see it off to the left. I know he's working on it. And I have so much faith in uh, Jeremy McLean, but we got to get all of that on the campus. We we got to get the soccer field, the track and field complex, and the softball complex on the campus. It's interesting that you mentioned that, Bob, because I asked Esmo and JP about that, and they said although they understand that that's the goal, they really like the surface that they're playing on. So so, so either way, it's out of their control. But interestingly, the Lady Eagles or the Golden Eagles go to. Ole Miss this weekend on Sunday to play soccer because Ole Miss will not come here. Have I heard that before? (laughs) It seems familiar to me, but I'm I'm just not sure. Things that make you go, hmm. All right, we've still got uh, Central Latham to come up on the show, talk a little bit about upcoming football, and uh, hopefully we'll get James back here to talk a little more soccer. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right. Remember now, uh, Lady Eagles, or let's just say the Golden Eagle soccer team, will be taking on Mississippi State at 4 o'clock today at the Southern Miss Soccer Complex. This segment of the show is sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Great place to uh, take in a good meal tonight. Great lunch five days a week. And uh, 
Guarantee you that come 11 o'clock Saturday morning, all the TVs will be watching uh, Southern Miss take on Miami, and you can get yourself a great, probably breakfast even deal. We'll have to check and see, but certainly a great lunch, and uh, you'll have a good time watching the Golden Eagles down at 4th Street Barn Grill. All right, so uh, guys, I'm going to ask you this question. There's there's no question that 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 soccer is a growing sport. You made a great point, Kelly. That a lot of kids just aren't playing football at a young age. Not anymore. American football, yeah. No, but they do seem to gravitate towards soccer. So why why I ask why more men's programs uh, don't exist? Why is there not a men's soccer team here at Southern Miss? And you guys enlighten me. Title nineteen doesn't mean you have to have an equal number of men and women's sports, but instead an equal number of scholarships. Yeah, Title IX. That's right. right. Yeah, IX. that's right. Yeah, it, it all comes down to scholarships. So if you have a football team, which we do fully funded this year at 85 or 82, or is it 85, Luke? 85. 85 scholarships. All right, so right off the bat, you got 85 scholarships on the men's side. you got to fill 85 scholarships on the women's side. Well, you don't have a team anywhere near that big roster size. The basketball team might take up 11. That's why, That's why. for example, you have a soccer team, you have a beach volleyball team, you have a volleyball team. Those are all on the women's ledger, but you don't have those sports for men because the scholarships have to be equal. It's the, it's the, the ratio is basically the participation between male and female. The ratio has, so if you have 50%, Male athletes, female athletes, then the money's got to be divided along that ratio, and so that's you know that what what it, what it does is, in order for us to uh, you know to have women's sports and to allow you know opportunities for for our our lady athletes, um, that you know oftentimes cut down cuts down on the amount of you know sports yeah. men can have, and 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 where it comes into it is um, you know some of the it's not just women's sports. I mean it's it's other sports outside the big three. You know they're they're non revenue generating sports, and so that's where sometimes you know you see these athletic departments struggle. And and because the one question comes up all the time is well why don't why doesn't Southern Miss have a men's soccer team for example that's mm-hmm. that's the big glaring one that you know and they used to have they used to have swim teams. At Southern Miss, uh, but they had to get the you know the scholarship numbers you know yeah. worked out. So and, and when you have a massive athletic budget, you know, just like for instance, if our you know our listeners want to see this, like just go look at an Ohio State or Alabama or Texas, and you will see the amount of of sports. I mean, it's you know some schools you know have twenty or thirty Division One sports, and it's just because the athletic budget allows for that. And so when there's the, the the funding is there for multiple sports, you see the expansion on both the men and women's side. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, and he has it's Crystal City, about Crystal Palace. Oh, you're killing me! Which one is it? Crystal Palace. Crystal Come Palace. On, you Eagles. He's got his he's got his bandana with him. Uh, he he's proudly displaying it, Luke. Who, by the way, just informed us, James, our co-host is a Manchester United fan. Oh, that's brutal. Beat Palace. We got you Sunday. We got you Sunday. <laughs> it, it beat Palace in two FA Cups. Broke my heart. All right. James Wynn is the uh, vice president of digital marketing for Super Talk uh, Media. And as you can tell by his accent, he was born and raised in Hot Coffee, Mississippi. Is that correct, James? Yes. A little Amish community that <laughs> loves watching James Bond movies. Where were you born? Uh, Streatham, London. So southwest by Wimbledon. 
Okay. Oh, well, first of all, James, our condolences on the loss of, of your monarch. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. It really just hit me. I was in uh, Bridget, Bridget's bi- bridal over mm-hmm. there, and I'll never forget now. Well, you've, you've never known any other monarch. No. Yeah. Not at all. No, I was born in 69, so... This is is worldwide news to this point, James, and I just showed this to Kelly. My 11-year-old grandson sent me that text from his school in Florida. Yes. So 11-year-old children are aware of the significance of the passing of the Queen. It is an absolute heartbreaking moment for England and the world. She was such a good leader of of goodness and, and hope for the world and how to do things properly, and it's sad that she's gone. I don't think England will ever be the same. And was an inspirational leader for the country during World War II, as I was just telling Kelly. She would oftentimes risk her life to be with the people of London during the Blitz. During the bombings, yes. Yeah. Inspire them when you have a leadership that's willing to be on the ground floor with you and, and commiserate. And right. I mean, I, I know she lived a, a privileged life, Right. As most of us would use the term privileged. But when you stop and think that she never had a day off. Right. I mean, we get always the queen. Yeah. When we get to be 65 or 70, we go to the house and call it a career. Well, she didn't have that choice. No, she didn't. I mean, even at 96, two days ago, she was shaking hands with the new prime minister. Yes. And and that's and that's going to be her legacy that she was the last prime minister under Queen Elizabeth's Rain. And and to think that her first prime minister was Winston yeah. Churchill. James, as an Englishman, I mean, for you, is this a moment you'll remember the rest of your life in the same way that maybe some of us remember the day that, uh, you know, that uh, John Kennedy was killed or Ronald Reagan died? Truly, I was just telling Bridget about the moment I heard when Princess Diana died and and where I was at that moment. And I promise I will never forget where I was at this moment. Right. But, well, I'm sorry, uh, but but Thank I do. You. I want to. We want to take a few minutes to talk to you about soccer. We've been we've been looking forward to this, or as you, my friend, have corrected me, football. Yes, you know we use our feet. <laughs> I don't know. You know, coming <laughs> over to America when I first, now I I love American football. I'm a big, huge fan. I love the Jets. Unfortunately, I'm a oh, glutton sorry. for punishment. Well, no, we're glad somebody does. <laughs> I don't even think in New York they like the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to hate ourselves. <laughs> Jet fans. I'm a big Southern Miss. I went to USM and a huge Golden Eagle fan. And my football team are the Eagles. Crystal Palace. Look Crystal at Palace and South, the pride of South London is what we are. You know, you're killing my son-in-law if he listens to the podcast. And as I told you, he's a big Chelsea guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's dying on the vine right now. He just lost his manager. <laughs> Luke, I know you've got something you want to ask James about the football. Yeah, I just I kind of wanted because we'll we'll talk a little Premier League. I mean, my team Manchester United um, is is right now the the equivalent of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Somehow they have found ways to tank their team and still make money, even though Cristiano Ronaldo is on their roster. So it's a pitiful and a pitiful state, James Wynn, of one of the greatest uh, clubs in, in really European soccer? Well, my opinion on that is <laughs> it is not as dark and bleak as you just made it. Manchester <laughs> United have been on a great run. They had a new manager. It takes time for the team to gel together. The future's bright. You have a lot of talent that needed to 
to gel and now you're gelling and I don't want to go I don't want Man U right now. You just be Arsenal three one at the house at Old Trafford and and Palace uh do not beat Manchester United. We had one win in thirty matches against you guys. So yeah, like, we got Palace this Sunday, so we'll see what happens. It's like Southern Miss against South Al. Yeah. <laughs> hey James, put in perspective for our listening audience, um, what is the atmosphere like when Manchester United and Crystal Palace square off? Well, we'll be singing, no matter what. Palace fans are famous for singing their songs throughout the games, whether we're getting beat 6-0 or winning 1-0. But uh, United fans, they want, they're, they're spoiled, aren't you, Luke? A little bit uh, spoiled. Since, since about 1995, we've been <laughs> yes. spoiled. Ni- so they're used to winning, and they got you know close to 70,000 fans there. They're much like the Dallas Cowboys, if I put that in perspective. Man U and Dallas kind of are very similar in the fan base. You expect to win. And James, I want to ask you, one of the things that I hear consistently from people my age, full disclosure, you know, the 60-somethings, is that they just don't ever think that football in your terms or soccer in American terms will ever fully catch on in the United States with younger people. Agree, disagree, why or why not? I disagree with with the the United States. You look at twenty years ago, and where soccer was then, and let's go back another ten years before that, where it was to where it is today, and the coverage on the channels. I can I can pick up football games everywhere. It used to be when I lived in New York, we'd have to have to wait to go down the Irish paper shop and pick up the paper to get the results from a week ago now it's at the fingertips and that's changed how america is seeing the content we see more of the content so on nbc and peacock and and other streaming services it's more accessible yeah, and the lady, the, the Eagles game today with Mississippi State, as Luke mentioned, will be on ESPN Plus this oh, afternoon. Oh. Hey, can you stick around one more segment, and we're going to talk a little Southern Miss football. Absolutely. Come uh, on, you Eagles. James Wynn with us here in the Eagle Hour Southern Bank Core Studio. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of the Eagle Hour on this Thursday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, some soccer going on today, 4 o'clock. Lady Eagles hosting the Mississippi State Bulldogs. If you can't make it at 4, you can tune in to ESPN+. Plus and watch uh, the Lady Eagles take on the Lady Bulldogs. James Wynn with us. Um, Southern Miss Golden Eagle, by the way, of England. And uh, we were talking about this during during the break, and I think Southern Miss fans um, forget, uh, James, 
about Brooke Hendricks. She played Southern Miss uh, from 2011 to 2014, has had an outstanding uh, professional career. She's played for the Rangers up in Scotland, for West Ham United, currently with Reading just south of London um, in the uh, the Women's Super League. And, you know, for a Southern Miss soccer player to, to play professionally in Europe, specifically in England for some of those bigger clubs, I mean, that that's a badge of honor for, for uh, Southern Miss to have someone like Brooke Hendricks playing professional soccer. Very, very strong. The, the American women program is, is top-notch. It's absolute world leaders in, in women's football. So it's not surprising to have a, the talent of South Mississippi and have a representative over in England. And I'm, sure, I'm not sure how many representatives USA has playing in the Premier League over there. I, I would imagine a bunch because of the talent that is available over here. So what we need you to do um, in this last segment is to convince Bob Getty why uh, (laughs) soccer, what the rest of the world calls football, is an actual sport as we all look forward to the World Cup later this year. I probably need to take him to a Man U game, don't I? I'd like that, yeah. You can take me to London anytime you want to, John. I I was at uh, Tottenham Man U watching Ronaldo score a blindo in a 3-0 victory for Man U last November. It was good to see one of the greatest players of all time score for Manchester United, even though I I do harbour, I have to be (laughs) truthful here, the pain of losing, again, two FA Cups, which is our US Open of, of our football in England, our biggest cup. It's not necessarily the Premier League. It's, it's where everybody competes. So the FA Cup is the pinnacle and, Palace lost to Man U twice. <laughs> so my son-in-law's team, Chelsea, not that good? Very good. Top Very good. top five team. How Going through manager change right now, but Stamford Bridge was the very first soccer game I ever saw. My dad took me to a Chelsea. He was a Chelsea fan. Mm-hmm. Took me to Stamford Bridge to watch his favorite team. And because where I lived in South London, in Thornton Heath was a bus ride up the street, so I could go see Palace play there. And mm-hmm. it was natural. I played in their youth organization in their academy. But, Bob, if, if you're a Man U fan, like, like Chelsea is like the, the New England Patriots or the New York Yankees to you. That, that's oh, what it's like. They're not love. You're not a big Chelsea fan, huh, Jack? Not at all. Yeah, no. You're Luke. It's, yeah, I, I really despise Man U. <laughs> You know, Liverpool back in the day when Ian Rush was playing, I used because it was you got to beat Liverpool. But after two heartbreaks in the FA Cup, I I can't forgive you. But but Manchester United historically has been like the New York Yankees. They just go out and buy all their players. That's usually the way. You need to explain to him too. This would be really good information. Explain to him the loan process, how different it is from like trades in baseball and football as we know it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. When you you buy a player and they you're buying so many these super clubs have so much money, they buy these these up and coming players and they loan them out to the lower league clubs, much like you would do your farm system in in baseball. So I buy who would who would be an example of a baseball Matt player? Matt Walner. He's an ex Southern Miss pitcher, right? Okay, a hitter. It was a hitter. Yeah. Okay, so we'd have him. And and uh, say the Yankees would buy him, but let him play for Cincinnati Reds, who are not really uh-huh. on the Yankees level. No offense to Red fans, right, right, or the Detroit Tigers. 
And nobody is on the, the Tigers so, level. Nobody literally wants to be. for other organizations. Correct. And playing in the same league. So so you're not going down a level, but you could actually like Chelsea had Colin oh, what's his name? Garriger playing for Palace, but as a lone player, you can't play against your home club. So mm-hmm. And could the home club recall that player at any time? At any time. They're under contract, so you have a certain period of time you're not allowed to, but we're paying the salary while he's on our club. Yeah, so it would be like, let's say Walner got called up by the Twins, and the Twins would would lend him to the Cincinnati Reds. He'd play with the Reds, but the Twins could call him back at any time they wanted How to. How odd is that? That's different, and he couldn't play against the Twins. And he couldn't right. play, correct. Look, right. Well, look, we appreciate you coming by, and uh, we're going to get a picture of you with your uh, with your uh, palace uh, and it's a scarf. Palace scarf there. Yeah, so every football game they create these scarves for the teams, and uh-huh. and they'll put half this team and half the away team, home team in away, and and then you buy a club scarf and support your club. And we do we did uh, promise you an interview with Santrell Latham. We're going to keep that for tomorrow. Tomorrow when we do our pick. We'll be Come on, you Reds. Sunday. <laughs> Take them down. Remember, we'll be broadcasting uh, from Canebrake tomorrow for the uh, Lady Eagle Baseball Tournament. <laughs> basketball. Golf Lady tournament. Eagle basketball golf tournament. I'll get it right. And we're looking forward to being out there. Until then, Southern Miss. To the, to top. the top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.